In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. I'm your Sherpa and your host today, Up and Down Success Mountain, Tony Grebmeyer. Glad you're here. Uh, we got a great guest. He's back. We haven't had a chance to uh, chat in some time, and we we jumped back on the phone like a week ago, and it was it's like mm-hmm. talking to your best friend you just haven't talked to in a couple of weeks, and you're like, what's going on? And we just got into this great story, and I realized that I want him to share how you could use your stories to help you get ahead in business and in life. He is known as the Pitch Whisperer. He's a sales keynote speaker where he shows companies and sales teams how to turn mundane case studies into compelling case stories so uh, you win more new business. His TED Talk, Be the Lifeguard of Your Own Life, has over 100 million views. Think about that for (laughs) 1 million views, but I like the 100 million, so I threw that in there because I want to throw out into the universe that all of this stuff is possible. He's also authored the best-selling book and online course, Better Selling Through Storytelling, And he's the host of the Successful Pitch Podcast, which is heard in over 60 countries. Please welcome back John Livesay. Tony, always wonderful to spend time with you and your amazing positive energy you put out into the world. Well, man, I got to tell you, you know, just hearing your voice today reminds me you've got a gift. And I would love maybe like a 30 second kind of cliff story of how you got to where you're at today. And I'm not going to mess it up because you've been everywhere in the world, but just give people how you got into where you're at right now, podcasting, teaching companies, et cetera. And then I want to jump into today, but before we do that, please answer the question. What's your definition of success? My definition of success is I get to do what I love to do and make an impact and get well paid for it all at the same time. Well paid. I like that. All right. (laughs) Tell everybody a little bit about the backstory to John and where you're at now. You've had a huge transition over the last couple of years, too. So just fill us in. Give us some info. What I realized when I was selling advertising for Condé Nast was whoever told the best story is the one that got the sale. And the problem was most people were just pushing out a bunch of numbers. And because I've been in salespeople's shoes, I know what it's like to have quotas and deadlines and beating your numbers year after year. I realized I have an ability to help people tell better stories because we've never really been trained on it from what your elevator pitch is to telling a case study, as you said, that's usually boring and making it a story. And most of the big problem I've loved helping people solve is you forget what you say after you leave 20 minutes later. And when we tell a story, it makes us memorable. And the real secret is they can repeat that story to somebody else who usually is involved in the decision of whether to hire you or buy from you. So the implications of helping as many people as possible get off what I call the self-esteem roller coaster because I was on it, where I only felt good about myself if my numbers were up and bad if they weren't. That storytelling is the best way to get off of that because the stories we're telling ourselves, which I know is your area of expertise, that negative self-talk or this will never work, 
is where it all starts. And then once we've crafted the story we want to be the movie director of our own life, that's when we can start telling stories that other people see themselves in. And man, when that happens, you're a welcome guest instead of being seen as a pushy, annoying pest. I love that. Hey, thanks so much for just the the, the recap too, because you know, oftentimes, you know, the, the stories we do tell ourselves, we don't really remember the story, right? Mm-hmm. We don't remember exactly what happened. So we start adding stuff. And then mm-hmm. I loved your line is like 20 minutes later, you don't remember what you said. <laughs> so talk and craft, help people understand, just like give them a visual of a story and how it could be different for them if they didn't use a story versus, you know, trying to just kind of like sell themselves versus using a story to sell. Do you have like an example maybe we could use? I do. I worked with Olympus Medical. And when I was working with them, I said to their rep, what are you saying to get doctors to buy this equipment? She goes, oh, well, it makes the equi- uh, surgery go 30% faster. Do you want one? And I'm like, okay. Speeds and feeds, numbers, left brain. People buy emotionally, which is the right side of our brain where storytelling and uh, all that lives. So now a good story for everybody taking notes is Four parts, the exposition, the who, what, where, when, paint that picture. The more details, the more we're in the story. The problem, and again, the better you describe a problem in a story, the better people think you have their solution. So a good problem has a little bit of drama in it. And then the fourth part, and this is the secret sauce to any great story, the resolution. What is life like for them after? Tony, imagine if the Wizard of Oz stopped when Dorothy got in the balloon. And we didn't have that resolution of her in bed saying there's no place like home. And all that is what tugs at our heartstrings and what makes that movie so memorable. So the story I now crafted with the Olympus rep is imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was down at Long Beach Memorial six months ago using our equipment. And he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room. And if you've ever waited for somebody you love to come out of surgery, you know, every minute feels like an hour. And he came out an hour earlier than expected and put them out of their waiting misery and said, good news, surgery showed the scope, nose cancer, they're gonna be fine. And then the doctor turned to the rep and said, you know, that's why I became a doctor for moments like this. Now that salesperson tells that little case story instead of 30% faster to another doctor who sees himself in the story and says, you know what, that's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. And when I worked with Olympus on that, they said, wow, that gives us goosebumps. Not only are we not telling stories, we hadn't even thought of making the patient's family a character in the story. And you'll see how I use some technique there of, if you've ever waited for somebody you love, you know every minute feels like an hour. So the hero in the story is the doctor, not the rep, not the equipment. And and definitely not you. And definitely not you, right. So that's tugging at people's heartstrings and tapping into the purpose of why somebody became a doctor in this case. So much so that another doctor sees himself in that story, wanting that feeling. I love that. You um, you created a course kind of around this as well. Where, where do people find out about that? Yes, it's uh, johnlivesay.com forward slash stories. And you'll be taken to the details on how to become a great storyteller, learning those steps. And then I even have a private Facebook group for all my students where they can practice their stories with me and get the fine tuning that really takes it from just okay to really memorable. I love that. Um, talk, since you and I last chatted, you, you you did this TEDx talk as well. And I want to get back to your stories in just a second. But mm. you wrote a whole thing about, you know, be the lifeguard of your own life. You know, it's it's got over a million views. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Talk to me a little bit about the TED talk and what that was like for you. Well, 
you know, when you were joking in the introduction about how many views it actually had, I it, it was a big stretch for me to even say out loud I wanted to do a TEDx talk. I was all my negative self-talk kicked in. Who do you think you are to do a TEDx talk? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it took me a while. I got a several no's before I got a yes. And I had to walk my own talk of not taking rejection personally. They would say, you know, you've got a great idea and a great, you're a good speaker, but it doesn't fit our theme. So that really was, oh, it's just not a fit. And that's, I teach that, I walk that, and I had to experience it again with that. And it was all about what happened to me when I was laid off in 2008 and how to reinvent myself. And ironically, it's all about how to embrace disruption and that our comfort zone shrinks if we're not pushing it. And now with the pandemic, it's more relevant than ever again about no one's going to send in a helicopter to save you in a hurricane when you're disrupted in your career. And there's some skills learned about we got to save ourselves and not panic and stay calm is a lesson I learned when I was a lifeguard. And now it's served me my whole career. Well, we're going to blow the whistle and we're going <laughs> to a quick break. We're going to rescue John and myself and we're going to we're going to stretch for a moment. I hope you do the same with pen and paper when you come back. We're going to talk um, about stories because I think that's one of the most important things we're not talking about. You know, you remember when you sit around the kitchen table or it's the dining room table or you're out to dinner with some friends. Very rarely are you talking about anything other than a story. And I want to talk to you why stories could be the thing that you should be sharing instead of gossip. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code podcast and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show talking to John Livesey today. And uh, right before break, we talked a little bit storytelling Talked about his TEDx talk. He, he also gave a great URL for you guys to check out, johnlivesay.com slash stories. You can learn about his course. You can also gain access into his private Facebook group once you kind of sign up and get started with him. And you get John to help kind of critique you, coach you, and help you along on your journey. It's super important to have a coach. John's been a coach of mine, somebody who I highly respect to, you know, help us to share better stories. Tell me in a time in your life when you weren't telling a story and, and how this concept really revolutionized and changed your life. A time in my life when I was not telling a story. Yeah. Now, now how stories have really played a role in your life. Give me an example. Gosh, I, I, I've, I've been so immersed in storytelling, even as a kid, I'm hard pressed to come up with an example of when I didn't tell a story and just presented some facts and I know that just so you know, I, I put you into a, a box just because I wanted to put you in a box for a second. Yes. That's how he used a story. He's like, I'd be hard pressed to tell you. I've been telling stories all my life. <laughs> when you get a guest who talks the, the talk and walks the walk, you realize yes. you're you're where you need to be. And I need to be listening to this today. So tell me, what are you up to? You made a huge transition. You you, you left beautiful Los Angeles, mm -hmm. California. And you made the move to Texas and you're living in Austin. Tell me how life is different. What, what are you learning? What are the things you're experiencing? 
Well, I made this decision to leave Los Angeles and come to Austin because I wanted to keep my life as an adventure. And I talk about getting in our comfort zone too long. And I'd been in LA for quite a while. And I thought, you know what? I need a change. I want to go to a place that celebrates creativity, that's a little less congested, that's completely different where I don't know a lot of people, uh, but it celebrates music and technology and and all the things that I love. And so I came to visit and said, this is it. I love, And I was surprised by how green it is here. There's a 300 acre park. And now I've met all kinds of other people who are equally excited about entrepreneurship and growth. And so it's just fun to be in a city that welcomes people and celebrates that and lets you reinvent yourself. Now, ironically, I moved here March 1st. The pandemic was a few days after that. So it was a double whammy of change. And I had to reinvent myself from doing live speaking events to virtual at the, at the same time. And, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that that was all easy. I think moving is one of those most stressful things you can do. And then the isolation part is also very stressful. We think about prison. That's the worst punishment is to be solitary. So that combination of change with solitary really made me dig deep into what's important to me. Instead of focusing on all the things I can't do, I can't go to a concert, I can't go to a movie, I can't do this. What can I do? I can take a walk in nature. Oh, remember you used to love photographing things. You can do that. What things can I do that bring me joy that I normally have been doing other things to bring me joy that I can't do now? So that was my big takeaway of moving here in a pandemic was focus on what still brings me joy, even if it's something that isn't available anymore and reinventing that. So my Instagram uh, is full of pictures of nature and greenery now that brings me joy and hopefully somebody else looking at it. I love it. And I, and I love the idea that you're like, you know what? I'm just ready for a new adventure. Mm-hmm. All of us are ready for an adventure. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to describe it. Mm. I, I really, I, I, I truly do. Like I, I was interviewing a gentleman uh, yesterday and uh, we, we were talking about how it was all about like physical work. So it was like lifting weights. It was like moving, keeping your body moving in one way or another. If you don't, sedentary is going to, you know, you're going to sit in, mm-hmm. you're going to be in a wheelchair and you're going to go, how the heck did I get here? Well, you stop doing the things that were helping you and you stop doing everything. And so now you're here and it's hard to get back. It's hard to get mm-hmm. back when you're at that. You have a, like, I think the success rate is, is really, really bad. So what it when listening to you and you're like, you know, I've been doing something for so long. I was like, I'm ready for a new adventure. And it got me thinking. I'm like, I think we all secretly want an adventure. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it goes back to childhood. And one of the questions, you know, you were saying, like, I've been telling stories all my life. And I'm like, you like to play. You like to have fun. You yes. like to help. Like when you're standing on the edge of a stage and explaining to the audience about the power of a story, you're talking about a time in your life. It could have been last week or last month when you were out walking your dog. You were taking mm-hmm. a stroll in the park. You had dinner with friends. You're listening to music. You're using that platform to tell stories. And I think deep down inside, I want an adventure. And that's why I bought 35 acres with my <laughs> wife. I think I'm ready for an adventure. I'm, you know, sold the sports car and bought a truck, you know, <laughs> got a side by side. I'm wearing cowboy boots. I haven't worn them since I was 20. I'm almost 50. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? I'm like, because you live once and you might as well have a great adventure. It, it also, when you were talking about it, reminded me of that scene in Up when the guy just grabbed all the balloons and he's just mm-hmm. holding on. He's like, it's an adventure. Life's an adventure. 
What do you hear when you hear people talk about life's an adventure? I hear that storytelling is part of our DNA. And so that's why we're so compelled when someone's going to tell us a story about an adventure or go to a movie that has an adventure, that there's usually some fun and some unknown and that we're fully alive and in the moment when you're really on an adventure. When I took a hot air balloon ride, man, you are in that moment. You're not thinking about your taxes or what you need to buy at the grocery store because you're up in this little basket and, you know... (laughs) You're seeing the world. Life insurance. Yes. (laughs) Same thing, jumping out of a plane. I did that too. So somebody was strapped to my back who could, you know, stay conscious enough to remember to pull the uh, parachute. But uh, those moments of adventure don't have to be that big. It can be, let me try something new on a menu I've never eaten. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just, we're wired. Our brain craves something new. Um, And even if it's something we don't particularly like, it still gives us a sense of, oh, okay, I'm out of this rut. And that's what keeps you moving. When you talk about lack of exercise, what's really behind that is energy. You know, even I remember when I was a kid, my dad said, you know, if we're going to leave the car in the garage for X amount of time, you still have to start it every once in a while. You got to turn the engine over. And I thought, oh, I'd never, I, I never knew that as a kid. And I think the same is true for our own life. We got to keep starting that engine over and over again. We got to keep everything moving. I remember when somebody uh, picked me over another speaker, the agent said, oh, they liked your energy. And I thought, oh, that's really it. It's not what the content is or my book or what the, you know, it's, they said, yeah, we felt inspired and happy talking to you. And we figured you could do the whole thing for the audience as well, if we enjoyed it. And so when we remember that we're selling energy and storytelling is the best tool I know of to pull people in and feel like they're going on an adventure with you then you're no longer pushy. You're just pulling people in and it, the whole experience is completely different for you and them. It's the conduit, right? Like the mm-hmm. conduit, like you, that, that story magnifies the audience and makes everybody pay attention. And, and everybody is looking for something today to be reminded of their childhood. I think in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Like I've had, you're like probably the fifth conversation today about play. Well, I just read this morning about young ch- toddlers laugh multiple times a day in a a year and the older we get the less we laugh and that's not good (laughs) you know and babies need to be touched or they die and the same thing is true of us as humans so we need to schedule when am i going to be playful when am i going to be hugging people when am i and not pretend that we're robots and that again taps into the dna of we're, we're wired for stories we're wired for laughter we need to be entertained. Uh, we need to entertain ourselves and we need to entertain others. And when you become a great storyteller, people lean in and they want to go on an adventure for you, with you, even if it's just a short story. I couldn't relate more. And I'm super just grateful that we got a chance to get connected. And I know that you just moved to Austin and I, you, you know, I, I was talking to you and I go, oh, I need to introduce you to my buddy, Ron Lynch. You need to talk to <laughs> Gonzalez. You need to meet Jesse, you know. Oh, there you are. oh, my God, I wanted you to talk to Peter Lynch. And I was like, I just rattled this off. And that's for me is like the greatest joy um, is helping mm. people to live their best life. So I just want to say thanks for stopping by. Let's give a huge pitch real quick uh, to the Successful Pitch podcast. Talk a little bit about that, uh, what you're up to. Congratulations on being in over 60 countries. Uh, what Does it come out daily, weekly, monthly? Comes out once a week. And it's a lot of thought leaders like you who have a story to share. 
And the umbrella is pitching, but it could be pitching, selling anything, whether it's to get hired, to get your startup funded, to get people to join your team, or to get new business. And usually hearing other people's stories, the number one thing that's so consistent is nothing is linear. And I think that big takeaway, whether it's you see somebody in the hospital, it's you're like, why isn't that getting better? Why is my business growing faster? We can make all these plans, but when we let go of that expectation that our life and our career and our health is not going to be on this linear path, it makes us a lot more accepting of whatever's coming at us so we don't get so frustrated and overwhelmed by it. Well, you know, my friend, John, um, you, uh, you always show up and you've got something great to share. So thank you for doing that today. And all the show notes will be available at TonyGrebmeyer.com. You can learn more about John. Learn how to his, take his course and get into his private Facebook group. Look at, you know, where you can find his book. Listen to his podcast. I highly recommend you subscribe, you listen, and make sure you leave him a review. <laughs> his name's John Livesey. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.